so I want to just briefly mention a show that I watched a few weeks ago, just really quick. I, I watched it very quickly because it's a very short watch, and I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast. If I have, I'm sorry, but this will be brief. A show called Ted Lasso. It's really, really great. It's just a feel-good show. It's uh, Jason Sudeikis plays this like most charming southern, pleasant southern man you've ever met. Like I can just imagine it. P- part of like his character flaw is that he's overly optimistic. Like it works into the plot a little bit. And there's some drama going on, but like it's mostly just an absolute joy to watch. It's on Apple Plus TV, or not Apple Plus. I don't know. All these things are just pluses now, but it's on yeah, Apple TV. If you have that, you've probably already watched it. But if you have that, if you have Apple TV and you haven't watched it, highly recommend it. Um, but if you haven't, probably not worth getting Apple TV just for it. But I don't know if you feel like you can spare it. I don't know what else is on Apple TV, but Ted Lasso was just an absolute delight. So I just want to put that out in the world. I want to check it out. I've been seeing a lot of like ads for it because it's getting some or it got it won, it won nominations. Some it won I won some awards. nominations. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a very award seasons guy after a year of absolute barren wastelands. <laughs> <laughs> shit so sorry yeah but uh <laughs> anyway, you you have checked out i, took I know on a couple some things advice. couple I things i took on some I, advice uh, from my friend over here I, uh, across the couple across the podcasting <laughs> yeah so uh i started fleabag and finished yeah. it in like two nights <laughs> because yeah, it's so good not only was that show just fantastic which i'll get to in a second I, for some reason, thought it was three seasons. Like, I went into it oh. knowing I'm about to watch three seasons. So, when the final season was the final season, yep. I was, it was the most shocking, satisfying, weird, like, it's over and I'm so glad that it's not three oh. seasons. But at the same yeah. time, like, I want more. <laughs> I want more. It's just this weird, amazing feeling that only comes from the best shows. But yeah, I uh, genuinely find the writing, the acting, the direction. Uh, I say that with a slight in it because it's <laughs> there's some choices. It does a thing that, like you, when you describe the show to someone, you describe what it is as it's a show about uh, a woman who's dealing with shit, and as she's dealing with it, she talks to you about it. And that's the premise, right? Yeah. But you don't realize like what that means right. until you watch the show. And when it happens and you're watching the show, it's it's magic in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I agree. It was magic the first time I watched it. And I can't wait to rewatch it. Like it's yeah, definitely a rewatchable series. They don't drill you in the head with symbolism that's then explained. And it's just like a show about <laughs> yeah. shit that I don't know. I can't. It was amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, oh. Applause. And that being said, you also suggested oh. a show that uh, was created. I think she created it or she wrote the pilot. Or I think she created she the show. she just a lead writer was, on the show? She was the showrunner. I know that at least the pilot was said written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Showrunner for the first season. Yeah. Killing Eve. I am on episode five of that first season. Oh, yeah. And boy, am I enjoying it. I will say, if you're listening to this and you're hearing both suggestions, Fleabag first. Fleabag first, for sure. Killing Eve second. That's what you told me to do, and I absolutely agree. And it's not because one is 
I would just say Fleabag feels more essential. Yeah. Is that a good way to put it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I think but Killing Eve is just a fuck ton of fun. And Sandra O oh is Sandra my oh, new baby. favorite actress right now, I think. There's yeah. something about her just like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking tired of this attitude throughout the show <laughs> yeah. that I just... It's a mood, and I I love it so much. Like I will I will say the, also as her you... first moment. I'm not gonna say what it is, but the very first moment we meet her as a character, yeah. is a mix of like five emotions, and it's <laughs> yep so fucking awesome, and I love it so much. I will what say, were you about to just say? There's a lot of especially in the first season. I feel like with her performance, stuff that you're like. Man, I feel a depth coming from her, but I don't quite understand the context necessarily or like what is going yes. on specifically. And, and as you watch the show and get a clearer picture of what the arcs going on are, you think back and I've watched, you know, maybe the first episode or two again and just go, oh my God, like there's some seeds being planted that are just so oh, naturally and that. beautifully developed in her performance specifically, but also... Uh, that other lead woman, Jodie Comer. Oh my God, Jodie Comer deserves everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she, yeah. like, I've it's never seen a, a murderous psychopath portrayed that way. He is like, especially in such a likable way. It's weird. You love it's her, really but weird, she man. kills the fuck out of you some love people in her that show. <laughs> and you, you can hate her, and the next scene, love her. Right. It's crazy, dude. And it's not just like a, a charming aspect, or right. It's like the way she looks in a certain. It's all of every. It's performance. Yeah. It's her face. Like I, I <laughs> think that face. faces are things that are really uh they're hard to shoot. Yeah. It's hard to shoot a good face and make a person look how you want them to look as a director, I, I mean as a cinematographer mm -hmm. yourself like you would know sure. people look ugly behind the camera often <laughs> and it's your fault and you feel like shit and I feel like some people just have a face that Brad Pitt is one of them. I would sure. say. Sure. Just put them on camera. Made <laughs> like, to be Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Made yeah. to be filmed. Yeah. Jodie Comer. Not to belittle the work that they do in order to be as compelling as they are. But some Absolutely. people do just have just something about them where you get them on camera and just have them Denzel. give a look. Denzel. Yeah, man. He might be number they one. They have just an <laughs> energy about them. Yeah, I mean. Yep. And I don't know. I, I, I don't want to perpetuate the, like, some people just have raw talent. Like, fuck that. But also some people have faces that they innately know how to use in a certain... <laughs> yeah, like, fuck, think back fuck to the whole the concept first... of raw talent, but I'm going to break it down in different words just so that I well, feel... Well, what it kind of reminds say. me of is when that first season of Stranger Things hit and everyone was like, oh my god, this girl sure. oh, that's playing... A, oh my god, yeah. this is the most... This is going to be the next Drew Barrymore. <laughs> or I, I don't know right. what they were comparing her to, like, yeah. child actress, turn, you know, whatever. Right. I feel like we're still really appreciating the work Millie Bobby Brown is putting out. She's made other movies. She like I I thought Enola Holmes was her performance was very charming. I didn't love the movie. I don't even know if I actually finished. Still it, haven't but seen her it, performance yeah. was charming. Um, and 
it's interesting how like you know sometimes it's because you're seeing this person for the first time and you didn't realize what they had i don't know what the, if that's what it is sure. but it that's what this is giving me that vibe of like holy shit where was this person my whole life <laughs> yeah that's the vibe you know what i mean yeah i do i i, I get what you mean totally uh we might have talked about killing eve plenty haven't we? Uh, Maybe, uh, yeah i suppose you know as far as people portraying so much with so little is that a good segue hey. you know yeah because i was gonna say a show that's not about murder <laughs> well <laughs> only occasionally about murder <laughs> yeah it, they won't use the word though um, they'll say destroy <laughs> yeah i think uh yeah we should get into our show here you're listening to A New Lens. I'm sure you saw that from the title when you clicked on the episode, but if not, and if you're unfamiliar, uh, let me just let you know. My name's Calvin. I'm here with Gary. Uh, we've been friends for a long time, and we decided to start this podcast to talk about film and TV that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We've been watching Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode, and we're on season three, episode 14, 314. Uh, whoa. Um, if you know, you know. Um, season three, episode fourteen, "The Boiling Rock," part one. Love this one. You got this it. This is one you know? that every time I go into it, I'm like, "Is this gonna be the time that I don't love the Boiling Rock?" I don't know why. Nope. I for some reason have a feeling that like I won't need it this time. But yep. it's just a great episode. I don't know why. I think it's because of how good the last episode was. I'm like, well, yeah, nothing could be right, right. as good as that. I get you know that. what I mean? I get that. Yeah, But totally. they, I think what they do in this episode that allows and what they are doing in these arc of episodes, because mm-hmm. now it's becoming this arc, yeah. uh, is they have like a totally, a tonal shift, just yep. totally different feel, different vibe, different goal in the episode Mm -hmm. and all of that centers around the fact that we have zuko now with someone else and that's kind of what the this little arc in the show is zuko doing little things with different people in the group um i was just gonna say and that being said if you want to recap oh sorry i'll recap in just a second i just wanted to say two quick things um firstly what you were making me think of is i forgot that this episode is not a full gang adventure this is zuko and uh sokka doing a thing to get i mean this episode specifically is them mm-hmm. it's you know developing this specific connection within the gang which i think is so cool and also the sort of this string of episodes uh that that you were referring to was actually a very intentional thing i mean obviously in the structuring of the show but also in the airing of it they took a long break after the day of black sun and came back with a string of episodes that were released as a huge event called the countdown to the comet which started with the western air temple with zuko sort of joining the group through the firebending masters this Boiling Rock parts one and two, and then with two other episodes before the four part finale. So this is very much a, you know, a, uh, an arc, an arc within this show. And this episode specifically, this two part episode, we're just talking about part one today, but just to talk about it a little in, in general, they are continuing this sort of string of in season three homages to other cinematic tropes and specific moments in cinematic history which is so cool absolutely right yeah 
uh, we've got a heist episode, which I think is a perfect beginning to uh, the perfect, very general recap to let me give you a slightly more specific recap before we get into every little nitty gritty detail. The Boiling Rock Part 1 finds uh, the gang all together with a little bit of a moment of silence. They're Basically, their main goal is to train Aang in firebending. But Sokka has something else on his mind. He remembers how they had to ditch all of the adults of their group, specifically his father, to be imprisoned. And so he takes Zuko aside and he asks them where they might be. And Zuko tells him about this place, this horrible prison called the Boiling Rock. And he's like, you don't want to go. And Sokka's like, ah, that's all right. I just wanted to know. Now I feel better. And so Sokka tries to sneak out in the middle of the night. Zuko is waiting for him, knowing he was going to do that because he was pretty transparent about <laughs> his intentions. And they fly off in Zuko's hot air war balloon to the Boiling Rock. They get to this place and the hot air balloon falls into the boiling water and they lose their way out. But Sokka's determined to, you know, play this one by ear and figure it out. They make their way in. They start to discover a little bit of the goings-on of the the prison and then they get a little bit more hope after i mean there's a little dip of hope when zuko finds out no war prisoners are here but saka gets a little hope when he sees suki is here so they have a little link up they form a plan to get out using this sort of solitary confinement center the coolers uh as a way to use it as a boat to get a get out and that's sort of their escape plan uh, and it gets a little more complicated as people overhear and they have this sort of final stretch and then Sokka decides, you know what, we gotta find out after they hear that there might be some more prisoners coming in. And I think that is where I'll leave uh, the general recap so we can start getting into the details. What do you think? Beautifully done. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, just as this last episode was huge and monumental uh, right from the very beginning with firebending and the cho cho cho, the music in this episode starts out very calm and beautiful because they have this moment of sort of, you know, a, not peace necessarily, but like, you know, they've got this sort of sedentary moment. They've got this moment to just hang out and be them. And it opens and up. truly... Sorry, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. It opens up on, on Zuko serving tea to everyone. I was just going to start getting into it, but what do you got? Yeah, it, it truly feels like Zuko really attempting to embody his uncle mm -hmm. and uh, connect with these people the one way his uncle always taught him to is through yep. uh, tea and kind words. Yep. And Zuko literally is just trying to be a nice guy here. And, yeah. and it works like I, they're, they're joking and they're laughing and uh i think they make a couple jokes at his expense but it feels like he's part of it and there's a point where katara laughs and it genuinely doesn't feel like she's laughing at him it feels like she's making a joke with yeah, him kind of there's maybe a color like a little bit of a coloring to it that is laughing at yeah him, but and it's it's interesting how they're continuing to and so naturally develop the relationship he's forming with this whole group of people. Yeah. It's great. Totally. And, it, and it also helps establish why now Sokka is at the level he's at, um, trusting him enough to pull him aside. I honestly think that the order that they're going in here of like who is trusting uh, Zuko first, 
just makes the most sense. Yeah. Like, of course, Aang and him would go off on an adventure together and right. gain that bond. That's something we've been like waiting for since the moment Aang sat on that tree, as I said, mm-hmm. and thought about them being friends. This also kind of feels like something like, okay, this is going to come. When uh, Sokka showed Zuko his room and he's like, well, this is it. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. All I don't right. know. That moment made you go, they could. Yeah, they could do something because together, he left you know? that room and, being and now we're like, seeing that. this is weird, but he wasn't like, I hate this, you know? Yes, exactly. I do like the, like you were saying, Zuko is trying to, you know, settle or make friends in the way that uh, appeal to people in the way that Iroh has taught him with tea and uh, language. And he makes this joke, this, uh, I don't remember what the setup is, but the punchline is, leave me alone. I'm bushed, which is just, why would you ever think saying just the punchline of a joke is okay? But, you know, it's he's out of his element a bit. Um, so I do like that. And I like, you know, everything you were saying, how they all laugh and uh, Zuko does have a little bit of a smile, which is a contrast that we pointed out a little bit in the last episode that at the very end of the last episode they all laugh at him and he kind of frowns and here they're all laughing at him and he's starting to get okay this is a way of them accepting me uh mm-hmm. not mocking me is accepting me but you know this but, like sort of they communal... trust me to joke with them yes. and i trust them to joke with me yes. there's like a level of trust to be able to make fun of someone knowing they won't feel bad right and i think that they're achieving that you know yeah. and as kids it's a rocky it's a rocky path. Yeah. You know? So Sokka does uh as Zuko comes to him with tea, say, Can I talk to you? He pulls him aside and we get this just really need to point out this wide angle uh shot, just this scenery setting of the Western oh, Air I Temple. Love it. Because we've seen a lot of that like very wide, like the entire structure, but we get the and and some close ups of like what it looks like on the platforms of wherever they're staying. But this is a slightly wider then, you know, exactly where they are. You get a little glimpse of one of the temples in the background and him looking out over the edge. I just love it so much. The design of the Western Air Temple is one of my favorite locations in the whole series. Me too, man. Series. And this shot, too, it feels like they really put uh, effort into making you, like, pay attention with... Hmm. So they're passing Appa, and Appa kind of looks up. Yeah. And then when they cut to the wide, he, like, rests his head down again, yeah. which allows you to kind of it makes you go okay what's over there like what what can i appreciate throughout the scene with i don't know it totally little animation tricks like that keep the scene alive but they also keep your eye from being focused specifically on uh one point because it's just a lot of beautiful shit happening right i like tricks like that and, and moments like that you know absolutely Sokka asks him so where might these war prisoners that we had to leave behind be held where would they be sent and Zuko's like listen you don't want to know and Sokka I mean oh, just the way he say he, he says it's my dad Zuko's just like oh it's not good <laughs> like let me make sure like are you ready to hear this Sokka's like yes I need to know they were probably taken to the boiling rock little music swell Oh, I just yeah. love, I just love it. I love it. Um, and right when he does, the this swell of music involves this sort of like, I can't really imitate it because I don't remember specifically. I just know there's a momentum to it. There's a little bit of 
maybe a little bit of a percussive element, but mostly the percussive element of this shaker, which feels so like Ocean's Eleven. This is the location. Yeah. This is the hotel we're going to break into, laying out the plan, getting the first details, you know? Because that's I'm how really it's formed. I've recently seen the Ocean's movies oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about them that is just like timeless, you know? Yep. This Boiling Rock place is in a volcano. So, hey, no. (laughs) Like, don't go there. It's a max security prison in a volcano. And Sokka's like, oh, don't worry. I'm just, I feel way better just knowing. And he, like, taps his shoulder and yawns as he walks off. It's like, you're being so obvious, man. (laughs) Sokka, I can read you like a book. Uh, But the next scene is everyone's asleep. And we get Sokka's little feet with his boots, you know, like tiptoeing through camp. <laughs> and then we see his face and it's like, yeah, it's Sokka. He's sneaking off. And then he goes, <gasps> there's a big, you know, suspense moment. Oh, I'm about to. And you look down and Momo is asleep under his feet. <laughs> and he just slowly steps around him. I just love that moment of almost stepped on a past out Momo. <laughs> Yeah, and Momo does, and it's great because Momo does not move. Yeah. He stays passed out right. until the next morning. It's so funny looking. Sokka starts to climb. <laughs> this didn't make sense to me. He starts to climb Appa, and clearly he wants to take Appa away, but Appa like looks up as he's climbing up the side, and Sokka's like, shh, and it's like, you're about to take off on him like how to go you... yip yip and then right. <laughs> right. yeah so but i suppose if he can not tip anyone off until he is literally leaving and I suppose. if he hasn't thought far enough ahead to what zuko's about to directly point out yeah he hasn't thought much at all about this plan he's That's too fueled true. by emotion you know which he does address later uh but he does yeah. get up into the saddle and zuko's waiting for him and <laughs> uh Sokka's like no I'm I'm going on my own and uh Zuko's ah, I forget what the setup to the line is uh I'll remind our listeners I'm sorry we watched two episodes in a row it makes both of them a little fuzzy I hope we're not slacking on the our material we're giving you because we're getting most of these beats but some of these little things do you remember what the lead up to Zuko saying I'm never happy <laughs> Because Sokka's like, what, are you happy now? You figured me out. Yeah. I think that's what he it says, is. He yeah. says, are you happy now? And he says, I'm never happy. Yeah, Which is it. such a little moment. but, And it doesn't feel like I am deeply troubled and like don't want to continue existence. I'm never happy No, it's life. honestly it's just like a continuation of what I was cut. talking about in our last episode with um him still being just kind of a dickhead. <laughs> just yeah. like a little bit pissed off and annoyed all the time because he hasn't. There's still some shit he's dealing with. You know what I mean? Like, his life, for lack of better terms, sucks. (laughs) So, like, of course he isn't happy. And, like, we get more context in, like, a few minutes here as to one of the main reasons he might not be happy. Yeah, there's something else I want to refer to as well. I, I, I wonder if we're talking about the same thing. But Sokka gives the context in this moment saying, listen, this is my mistake it was my plan on the day of Black Sun, and it's my mistake. It's my fault that they're there, and it's my job to fix it, which it makes sense for this character to feel that way. Is he thinking everything out completely? No, but it makes sense for him to feel this way, and it makes sense that him saying, like, I need to regain my honor 
by fixing the situation is exactly what Zuko would hear to be like, regain your honor? Yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> like, I I'm sympathize. But he does point out, like, you're going to take Appa there? You think, A, that's not going to be noticed? B, do you think they have bison daycare at the Boiling Rock? Like, <laughs> no, listen, I'm coming with you and we're taking the war balloon. <laughs> so they leave. We don't see that yet. The next scene we see is the rest of the gang waking up and finding Momo again just passed out <laughs> uh, with a note laid over him used like a using it like a blanket <laughs> and he's literally like honk shooing isn't he like like a little yeah. little momo honk shoe um <laughs> and they read this note and i'm surprised the gang is just like oh yeah makes sense to hey Sokka and Zuko are going fishing for a while because we need food and here's some notes for ang to do his training while we're away and they're just like yeah cool Sokka and Zuko went off alone to go on a fishing trip for a long time. Exactly. Like, especially after Zuko and Aang going off and then coming back with, like, I don't know. Like, it just, to me, it's funny that they're just like, okay. But also, it, it gives some context to the comfortability that they have. Like, right. Aang is literally like, oh, fine. Like, he's treating this <laughs> like right. a teacher just left him notes. You know, it's yeah, totally to that level in, in the group. In just a matter of a few days, probably. Because I know that they're not spending months or weeks out here. One, based on hair growth. Because right, as we've right. talked about many times before, they pay attention to that. And yeah. Zuko's hair has not changed length since he showed up. That's so true. it's been days, you know. So yeah, I, I I like that too. It's just, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, <laughs> and I'm just imagining what that would actually look like. Like Zuko being extremely impatient yeah. and Sokka being like, you just have to wait. And he's like, I don't want to wait anymore. And then fire blasting into the water and four right. fish just bobbing up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like, I like Aang just taking it like, why am I the only one who has homework? And it's like, you know, but this is you're a little <laughs> you bit. Exactly. What... I mean, uh, spoiler alert, this one's going to be a little bit in contender for kid moment because that's the most like relating to kids like he's got homework. Oh, yeah. You know, um, but we quickly cut over to hot squats. Yeah. One hot, hot squat. squat. That's right. Two hot squat. <laughs> Three hot squat. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Very important. To say not, to, not to jump over that one. Um, but we cut to Zuko and Sokka on this, <laughs> this war balloon and Zuko's fueling the fire. Uh to yeah this is just very real just like few second long moment of them just being there together (laughs) and then because you know that what they're showing us here is this is how it's been for the last couple hours probably right you know what i mean like yeah and the conversation we're just arriving right before the conversation finally kicks in right exactly i love yeah just the like uh what'd you say huh oh no i didn't say anything Okay. That's <laughs> so good. Um yeah, the pretty clouds. Yeah. Uh fluffy. <laughs> so awkward. But then Sock is the one to sort of break this awkwardness and he says, "You know, a friend of mine actually designed these balloons." Uh Zuko's like, "Oh, no way, cuz the mechanist designed it." And Sokka says, "Yeah, a balloon for war." And uh Zuko says, "Yeah." Uh, that's one thing my dad's pretty good at is war 
And then we get some context on his uncle and basically him just saying uncle was really the one who was actually a father to me, which I'm sure he hasn't explicitly said to the rest of the group. They probably could have inferred, but this is a cool moment of him, you know, yeah, explicitly saying. Like, doesn't Sokka say something like, yeah, that seems to run in the family. Right. And then yes. Zuko's like, not everyone in my family. Yes, that's right. And he says, he's like, well, I'm not referring to you. And he's like, I'm not referring to myself. I'm talking about Uncle I- my Uncle Iroh. Right. Right. Yes. That it's is exactly how it goes down. And he he says, I let him down. And ah, the sadness. Dante Basco, once again, incredible. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then... Sokka asks, well, wasn't there anyone that you loved that you left behind? Real quick. Oh, I yes. think he also, before that, says, I really think if he knew what you were doing, oh, he would yes. be proud of you. Yes. And I think that Sokka saying that is really is important. like, yeah, like he cares enough about Zuko's feelings to tell him that. Because that's not something he needs to tell him. Yeah. You know? No, not at all. It's true, though. It's absolutely true. And right. he needed to hear it. But then, yeah, he continues and asks him you uh, know, about oh, anyone else you missing. Yeah, yeah, because Sokka says it must have been hard to leave. And Zuko's like, not really. <laughs> and so Sokka asks, what? It, wasn't there anyone you loved there that you left? And he said, well, I did have a girlfriend, May. And Sokka's like, oh, that girl who was always sad and gloomy. And I yeah, like love the, the way gloomy. that Zuko says... Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like yeah, me a loving, too. Yeah. like that's the, those are the characteristics he loved, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to refer back to was like the I'm never happy thing. It's like kind of tongue in cheek, I think, you know, because he's like, he's into the sort of emotional, which is the source of the word like emo. He's not like emo, but you know. He is aware that he's an emotional guy. He's got stuff going on. And he loves that May is like an emotional girl who has some shit going on. And like is not always just like chipper and cheery like fucking Ty Lee, you know? A hundred percent. And he loves totally. that. And I love that he loves that. <laughs> um, and, and then, then we, get we get one of the most referenced lines in the show. Because it's probably just the so most goddamn line. funny. Come on. It might, yeah, I think it is. Sokka says, yeah. My first girlfriend turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. Oh, <laughs> that's rough, buddy. I literally rewound it and rewatched that because come on, Me too. That's rough, buddy. That's another Dante Basco <laughs> killing yeah. it. Perform- oh, absolutely, with just absolutely. one line. He just knows. And then there's some time passing, and we see Sokka has passed out in the exact position that he was in the previous scene, just snoring really loudly. And Zuko doesn't, like, go over and gently wake him up. He just says, there it is. <laughs> you know, like, and Sokka's like, oh, yeah, oh, hi. <laughs> um, and so Zuko says probably the best way to navigate this is to hide in the steam that's being let off from this volcano. And we can navigate through the steam. Hopefully no one will see us and we can make our way down. But we get a physics lesson here a little bit. As they're going into the steam, which is mostly hot air coming out of the volcano, the hot air in the balloon is not... It equalizes inside and outside Mm -hmm. the balloon because the air outside is hot, so now the balloon is not rising, so they start rapidly sinking. I just love that they put that little, like, physics I love it, too, because, like, 
you can learn something. And if you already know that, it's just like, ah, it's a little attention to detail. That wouldn't little, work. A little attention. Showed, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love as they're going down, they start uh, getting towards the surface of this boiling water, which we get a very clear example of as Sokka has his hand on the outside of the you know, sort of carriage of this balloon and he gets a splash of the boiling water as they make contact with it and he goes, ah, and I, it's so just like little half a second moment that makes you go, mm-hmm. oh, boiling rock, the water's boiling hot. Like it just solidifies. Literally it, you know? it's boiling. Yeah. And it's honestly really, really cool. You know? Yeah. That's just really cool. I agree. I a agree. A prison surrounded by boiling water that's boiling constantly because nation. it's in the mouth of a volcano. Come on. Come on. Come on. But they Who thought of that? Dwayne the Rock Johnson? <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's the only thing that could keep me at bay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, they make a crash landing because they have to on the banks just outside this prison and the design of this prison by the way so dope uh some influence which i think was readily apparent but also pointed out in the trivia that you know there's some influence of alcatraz here you know ironically surrounded by freezing cold water so you can't swim away from there that's true um but they crash land and basically Sokka reveals that he pretty much suspected this was going to be a one-way ticket in yeah i mean when you think about it too yeah you know what i mean like as soon as you think about this for any more than a few seconds how could they have thought of there being a way there and back like you can't just park right you know what i mean also he doesn't know what this place is like so i'm sure he was like i'm gonna go in and then i'll figure it out which also exactly in this conversation it's so smart what they do to motivate him to do this, to, to you know, achieve this plot point in the overarching story, is Sokka is feeling a little bit, you know, his pride has been hurt a little bit. And he says, I always think these things through. I always think it through so much. And that's maybe why my plan failed. Like, he is taking it a bit person. He's taking it very personally, clearly from his lines thus far in the episode. The failure of the Day of Black Sun. And so he's saying, you know what? Since I always think things through and it failed, this one I'm just going to take it by ear. And so he gathers up all of the fabric of the balloon and he shoves it into the cradle and shoves it into the boiling water. And it basically just, like, sinks melt probably like melts away mostly right maybe like the bolts, metal sparks yeah, are based intact. on like how they talk later about uh trying to figure out how to traverse through this boiling water it sounds like pretty specific materials are needed you know right yeah so i i like to think that it is it's a little mixture of that it's like melting away because you know the fire nation makes stuff out of metal but they're cheap bastards. This is probably an aluminum uh, <laughs> war balloon, you know? I do want to point out, like, they think through so many little details in this show, but one, like, pretty massive detail that is just a little bit glazed over is they are outside the prison wearing their clothes, and then they're inside the prison and have broken into the, like, guard outfit place and just have out, like, how'd they get in yeah, there? Yeah, it's one of those... 
you just trust it because of the trope. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's right. like it happens enough in movies and TV where showing the process would be redundant almost, you know? I get that. We know that they can do it. But in and one of the most that... secure prisons, I guess it's mostly the most secure because it's in the middle of a boiling lake. So I guess if you get there, maybe there's slightly less security uh, protocols, you know? Yeah, I, it would be genuinely 10 times more believable if they had Toph with them to tunnel. Yeah. But yeah, then it would be 10 times less believable that there's just this tiny little Fire right. Nation guard. <laughs> little girl. So it's, it's one of those things where I, I think they just made the right decision to cut to that so that... Because I... I've never questioned it before and until you said that, which makes me think that, like, it works. You know what I mean? Just because it, it's worked for me, it probably works for most people. But that's... Right. Honestly, that... There's one other thing later in this episode that I'm going to point out that I'm like... Okay. This, this is very much, like, for this, you know? I have suspicion, we'll but uh, I'm curious to hear uh, when, when we get to that. But they come out in these disguises, and a bunch of other guards are running down the hall, and one of the guards sees these two just standing there and is like, Hey, guards, come on, there's a scuffle in the yard. And they all guard go out. One, guard two, follow me. <laughs> right, you know, like, right. Immediately they have roles. It's like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, they come out, and there's this huge circle surrounding what seems to be a little bit of an event in the yard, which is uh, basically this bully guard uh is bullying this guy who we learn i did not clock his name very well uh i don't know if they just didn't say it much or if it was just quickly but looking it up his name is chit sang uh so this big big guy chit sang and actually you know what since i'm uh sort of introducing these characters i will take this moment to give some uh some actor props uh, firstly, Roger Rose as the bully guard. I don't have a bunch uh, on him, uh, and I don't have a bunch on the other person, which is the fun fact that uh, I want to actually point out here. Ezekiel Rollins, his only credit on IMDb is playing this character, which I think is cool. Oh, I don't wow. know. I don't know that's if he's just awesome. not an actor, someone that somebody knew, and they were just like, he's got a deep voice and he can do it. Listen, he's he's like pretty it good. Works. It works. It feels it's, like I like a, this yeah, character. Um, I just think that's so interesting. This is the only thing that he's credited. Uh, so maybe he's a theater actor too, and this was just a oh, dip yeah, into, into movie because IMDb is the movie database. So uh, they're in the, the middle of this circle. This bully guard is like... Saying, you didn't bow. Well, isn't that cute? One of the guards says. And then looks to the two of them and and is like, isn't it? Guards? And they're like, oh, yeah. Very cute. Super cute. <laughs> and then they just accept that. Like, okay, you two seem comfortable. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I love in this moment, um, we see the classic power trope of like a shitty guard and like what that means because throughout the episode there's more of it like referring to everyone in this prison as prisoners they're all just prisoners sure and that's that but in this moment i love how this guard goes uh he gets like this look on his face like i'm gonna fuck this guy over mm -hmm. and then fire bends at him does knowing that he's gonna have to uh, counterattack yeah. to be able to not get burned. And what mostly and indicates in that is that little moment, face that he gives. Yeah, A very little thing happens in this moment that I actually had to rewind to make sure it happened because I was like, cool, wait, did that just happen? Oh, yeah. 
Zuko almost steps forward to fight this dick guard. Oh, I didn't he, like that. He like steps forward and it cuts to just a hand on his arm and we hear Sokka cuz they've got helmets on so you don't see their mouths move. Yeah. We just hear Sokka say like don't we have to stay undercover or oh, something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I had to rewind cuz I was like, wait, who just held who back? Because right, that would have been Sokka, yeah, right? right? Sokka would totally stand up for this guy. But it was Zuko. Zuko was standing up for this prisoner, knowing that this guard was taking advantage of his power. And I just, that to me is like, okay, like he's like, that's integrity. He's doing shit on like full, like he would never do that if he thought it through. Because as soon as Sokka holds him back, he's like, yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. But on instinct, he's like, I got to help this guy. I don't know. Small, but huge for me. Yeah. I also want to point out just real quick the, the, fire whip that he uses i just love the little detail that he also bends a little bit of fire on the like back part of his hand as like the handle of the whip i don't know yeah i just like that design detail i do too um but this guy chit sang does bend to save himself and in bending we learn that that is very not allowed i mean you would figure but yeah, they don't have any means to, like, make them not be able to do that. But as soon as they do, the guards jump in and they say, he's going to the cooler. And uh, one of the guards points at Sokka and is like, all right, you come with me. We're going to take him to the cooler. And Sokka turns to Zuko and says, meet back here in one hour. And so they go off. And before we get to the cooler, we get this quick outside design uh, showing these like bulges, these like cylindrical bulges on the outside of the, the the surface of the outside of the prison, and then we get the hallway inside where he's being led into that cooler. Like it contextualizes very well and very subtly, like not in a way that you're like, oh, okay, that's what that's gonna be, but it just yeah, you see that image, and then he's brought into this tube, and you're like, oh, okay, that's what it is. But we get this quick cutaway to Zuko in like the cafeteria and these two yeah. guards are like, hey, it's the lounge. Take your helmet off. You can relax. <laughs> New guy. And Zuko's just like, uh, yeah. Hey, can I ask you a question? Okay, no, you can't date the female guards. <laughs> it's just like, and then the and then one of the guys goes, "Not that you'd wanna." Right. And then he gets like a cup smacked against his head yeah. that she threw at him. I also think Zuko's another Dante Vasco shining moment. Yeah, he's playing up the, um, what if a uh prisoner attacked right. me and hit me on the head, or right. they were to strike me on the head? He uses I think like so too. he even uses words like strike because it's just more. Like geeky newbie guy. Yeah, I totally. don't know. Like he plays the part so fu- it f- it's just funny as hell to me. I agree. Uh, but, but then yeah, the that... scene ends with him asking them, "What about war prisoners? Are they ever taken here?" And then it cuts away. So we don't hear the rest of the conversation. We don't know exactly what he finds out from that quite yet. But then we get a quick shot of someone coming in on the main entrance route of the Boiling Rock Prison, the gondola. And we see this guy with this crown, and he's not wearing a mask. He's clearly a guy in charge. I I skipped just a moment of him actually, of, of Chit Sang actually being put into this cooler, which is a very cool, you know, world-building thing. They have these coolers. Oh, and also I want to shout out, apparently coolers are actually what they call solitary in the movie The Great Escape, which I know is 
one of the most famous movies of all time that I have not seen. I'm sorry. I know and that this movie. I guess this episode is referencing it a lot. a lot. Yeah. I also haven't seen it, so two movie buffs who haven't seen it can make each other feel better right now. A little okay, bit, Calvin. and I'm sure you know. I don't know. Let's watch it. Let's watch. We it. should. Let's make it a goal. I also it's apparently just one of the best. I also do feel comfortable expressing the opinion. Uh, you know, putting this episode out there with me expressing the opinion in it that, you know what. There's so many movies, and if you're listening to this, and you're like a huge movie buff, and you're like, they call themselves movie fans and filmmakers, and they haven't seen The Great Escape, give us a break. You know, there's yeah, so give many me a break movies. That two hours that I could have been spending that, I was watching two hours of Fleabag, and damn it. You should watch that my if life. you haven't, so... Not yeah. saying it's better than The Great Escape. No. It's just no. what I chose to spend my time doing, and yep. maybe I will choose to spend my time later doing something else, <laughs> like watching The Great Escape. All right, moving on. <laughs> so we saw the context of this guy being put into the cooler, a literal cooler, which makes it hard for them to bend. And then the warden, as we know him to be, arrives and opens this specific cell and talks to this guy, Chit Sang. And a uh, quick shout out to Wade Williams, who is the voice of the warden, who had a starring role as Captain Brad Bellick on uh, the you know super successful series Prison ba- Break. He he also has like I looked at his IMDb. He has like four other like prison guard or warden the guard. He's yeah, like, I, I looked at his guy. IMDb because I wanted to see who he was if I recognized him, and I didn't. But he was so many guards and yeah. wardens and shit in movies I've seen. I was like, that's why I recognize his voice. He's found he's his niche. The you warden. Know? He's found his type yeah. in Hollywood and uh, good for him. Seems like he's had a good career and he's great in this. And the way he just says, his voice is almost a little surprising coming out of this guy. But as soon as it, it does, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm settled um, into it. Yeah, I agree. And he says, you know, you thought you could escape. And he was like, I wasn't trying to escape. Well, that's good. Because no one has ever escaped from the boiling rock. And I would sooner throw myself into the boiling water than ruin that streak. Like, we have established this hard-ass character who said I would literally kill myself before letting someone escape from this prison. And you know he means it based on these shots and how the voice acting is going. Like, he means it. Uh, but Zuko and Sokka do meet back up uh, around the same spot, but somehow they knew to meet up on this balcony, which, you know, whatever, details. Um, but <laughs> they do have that moment of Zuko being like, hello, fellow uh, guard. Sokka's like, Zuko? Which he should have better. <laughs> I mean, Zuko is the like traitor prince of the fire nation like don't shout his name like he should have a little bit better senses than that especially the fire nation they've referenced has like a million lees yeah a lot of like very basic names and then the members of the royal family just don't yeah members of the royal family azulon azula ozai zuko like all these z names yeah uh zebra Fire Lord Zebra. Um, (laughs) uh, But Zuko gives Sokka the context and us the context of the rest of his conversation that we didn't see. That is that no Water Tribe prisoners are here at the Boiling Rock. And Sokka has this moment. Oh my god, I failed. 
again. We came here for nothing. And Sokka's having this moment. He leans back on the wall and it's just like, fuck. And Zuko's trying to, he's like, all right, what would Iroh say in this moment? And I love that that's where he goes. And he's getting slightly better at it. You know, like when he's trying to hype himself up in the episode, the, the Western Air Temple, when he's first like hyping himself up to talk to the, he's like, your inner self will only reveal yourself to your true self if you relieve yourself. Like, and yeah, it's and, like circular knowledge, basically. That doesn't mean anything. Here he goes, looking out into the world and like seeing what in the moment can I use. And it still doesn't work and it's not good, but it's slightly better. You know, like he's getting it a little more mm-hmm. like, let's make a metaphor out of something that I'm seeing here. It's like a cloud. They have a dark side and a light side and a silver lining in between. And sometimes you need to just reach out and take a bite out of the silver lining sandwich. And then Sokka notices something completely unrelated that goes, I have an idea. And Zuko's like, oh my god, I can't believe that really worked. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Sokka (laughs) going, no, what you said made no sense at all. But (laughs) But I see something that might give us a little hope. And then we see Suki! Which, one of the most, like, when you see this character, you pump your fist characters ever, you know? It's like, yes! Like, every time we see Suki, it's like, okay, when we uh, see her in Appa, or Appa's Lost Days, come on, come on. When we don't see her, and it's actually Azula, you're about to pump your fist, and you're like, wait, oh Oh, god. And, uh, it's just so good to see her. My mom recently in the past few weeks, several weeks, maybe month uh, month or two, I don't know, in the past little while, I'm... has finally uh, been watching the show. Finally. I don't mean to make her feel guilty if she ever listens to this. Like, <laughs> whatever. But uh, I finally got her to actually watch the show. And she was near the beginning of season three. And I was talking to her on the phone at some point, And she was just like, where's Suki? I want to know. I love that character so much. And so I know she was watching this and was like, yeah, Suki. It's, and it's so, it's so sad. It's not just like, uh, it's, it's handled so well. Cause like Zuko and Sokka were talking about their girlfriends earlier and like how that's like kind of the thing that they've got when like Sokka's got his dad, mm. his sister and, Suki, yeah, and he didn't even talk about her, but we remember her when he said, "My first girlfriend, right, turned into the moon." Yeah, you know, totally. Now that we're seeing Suki, it just kind of makes you go, "Okay, the person he's with gets this." Like, yeah, Zuko gets what this feeling is, right? So this is like, I don't know, it just adds like another level of, okay. He gets it. And then to really yeah. emphasize how Sock is feeling in this moment, we get the these very cartoon like heart eyes like pumping in the yeah, video he, like, game sound of like mask <laughs> and it just <laughs> It's so great. Um and then Sokka goes about this in the worst possible fucking way, walking into her cell in full guard outfit, being like, what, you don't recognize me? No, I don't but recognize you, me. Okay, you read the trivia about this that reminded you by chance. Or I don't did think you? I did. Okay, oh, that's so, right. Uh, I mentioned it to you beforehand, too. Yeah. You know, it's like, this to, is just yeah. a, a big callback to... No, no, not that one. Oh. This is a callback to in... Um, oh, well, just for season two, just for context, for people when, wondering what I was talking about, uh, Star Wars, a new hope, the whole, like, 
you're a little tall for a stormtrooper like that moment it's similar to that another homage but what were you gonna say totally so the first time we see suki in a long while last time Sokka didn't recognize her and he's like "Uh, who are you and she's like what you don't recognize me and he's like sorry no and she's like well how about this and then she kisses him on the cheek and he's like Suki that moment he's trying to do that that moment just but he's wearing a full Gary you just solved that moment for me because I was so like what an idiot (laughs) I know now I I hated that moment and now I'm like that's genius that's because it's showing that he is an idiot because like He's trying to do the same thing she did, right. but the reason he couldn't recognize her is because he's never seen her without makeup, right. which is like, you're a dumb dude. And the reason <laughs> she doesn't recognize him is because he's a wearing a helmet. Outfit. You're a dumb dude, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's great. I love that she just grabs him and throws him across the room. Like, this also, guard trying to come onto her, like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck that. But also those kissy lips. Oh my god, like, very funny. The yeah. animation style of those kissy lips oh is, you know, Maybell's uh, in Gravity Falls, Maybell's animated boyfriends oh, that yeah. every now and then appear <laughs> yeah. in like a sports car. And they're like, hello, Maybell. Yeah, that's right. That's, he turns into one of those guys. Are you, you saying know, just like, Maybell? <laughs> wait, what's her name again? Mabel. I mean, Mabel. it's Mabel. Yeah, but why, like, why are you saying Maybell? I don't know. I think, I think I just <laughs> misremembered it for a says moment. Says Maybell. <laughs> I am. That would be in. like if someone's name was M A E, and then their middle name was Bell, yeah. and then you called them Maybell, but her name is Mabel. Sorry about that. Anyway, sorry, she... <laughs> Gravity Falls fans. One of my favorite shows, but I've only watched it once, so I, I fucked up. <laughs> anyway, she flings How do you across pronounce the room. Seuss? How do you pronounce Seuss? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she flings him across the room. A guard, unfortunately, is coming right at that moment to check in on that specific cell. And Zuko is outside the cell keeping watch. And he's like, no, you can't. And then Zuko panics as she tries to go past him. And he just, like, slams her into the door of the cell. And is like, I don't know. And then, like, tussles with her, which gives Sokka the opportunity to sneak out of the cell. <laughs> I love the little, like, twinkie, twinkie, twinkie. Like him sneaking yeah. out. Um, and then she sees him in this tussle, Sokka trying to walk away. And she's like, guard, get this guy. He's a he's an imposter. Uh, and so Sokka's like, all right, uh, it's the only thing to do in this circumstance. And he goes over, he gets Zuko, and he whispers to him, don't worry, I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's sort of like, if I were Zuko, I'd be like, you have... You have let a lot of things just be like, all right, we're just going to figure this out. I would not have a whole lot of faith, but, uh, well, I mean, yeah, think things go slightly better, but things also go more downhill than they are in this moment. Um, but we quickly cut to Zuko in a cell and someone pays him a visit. This warden walks in and says, well, 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 and, uh, you broke my niece's heart. Of course I know who you are. It's like, oh. Another connection to that conversation in the beginning. You're May's uncle. You are, oh, man. Uh, So, yeah, and they set up the context for that. And this guy, this warden really threatens him. He's like, I could let your identity go if you, if I want. You're like my special prisoner now. I have the most power over you than I do anyone here. Because I could let everyone here know that you're the traitor prince. And they would rip you to shreds. And when you think about that, dude, 
It's so true because at the first at the first moment he said that I thought aren't most of those prisoners like prisoners of the Fire Nation? So a traitor prince would be like also a traitor. Sure. But we've seen what Zuko gets when he goes and like stands up for people being hurt by the Fire Nation and right. Zuko alone. They still want to tear him to shreds. Yep. So like, and it's not just firebenders here of his situation. he's pretty much looked at as the worst and it's yeah it sucks well uh there's sort of free period for the prisoners to be outside of their cells and doing work not free period i suppose but zuko and uh suki are luckily both put on mopping duty and so sokka approaches them they're both mopping and he says oh looks like you two have met and suki says yeah well we actually uh we met a long time ago Zuko goes, oh, we did? She says, yeah, you kind of burned down my village. And he goes, oh, well, I'm sorry about that. It's good to see you again. <laughs> like, what do you say to that? Like, that is a dumb thing to say, I'm but really also, what do you say to that? Suki, yes. And I'm glad Suki doesn't keep it from him. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Like, this is a character with a redemption. He's becoming redeemed as the show is coming to an end, yet... He still did a bunch of bad shit, yeah. and he can't just, like, not be reminded of that in these moments, you know? And good, like, affirming of Suki's character traits where it's like, yeah, I'm going to bring this up because you did this to me, you know? Like, she's a very straightforward exactly. person, and I love that. Um, but Sokka decides to lay out, bring them aside, sort of uh, next to slash behind this staircase, and lay out his plan. He noticed that the coolers are insulated. They have to be insulated to keep heat, to keep cold in, but also keep heat out, which means they would be a perfect boat because they would keep the heat of the boiling water out, which is so genius. And he said he went on a hike today or, you know, a walk around the perimeter on the banks and found a blind spot that they could execute this plan. And then he let something into the water and he tested it out. So he's making the best of his situation. Sokka really is good at seeing what the circumstances are and figuring out what to do because of it. He doesn't always have the long-term plans, which I think is why he doubted when he tried to make a long-term plan with the Day of Black Sun. And it did work, but just unfortunately they knew about it and it failed. But I'm sure, you know. We've, we've uh, covered all that, but he tested out the current, so he knows that the current of the water will lead them away. So, they're talking this out when uh, Chit Sang overhears them and jumps down and joins them and basically says, uh, yeah, so uh, how are you going to get the cooler out? We, we weren't planning on getting anything out. Like, uh, uh, does just great, does a bad Great job. line. He says... I heard you're hatching a plan. That's right. And Sokka says, uh, the only thing we're hatching is an egg. <laughs> and the, Well, I'm going to tell the warden about this egg Suki, if you don't let me in on it. Suki and Zuko just like putting their face in their hands. Really Yeah, funny. like he's good at coming up with plans, but he is not good at talking. <laughs> Chit Sang kind of blackmails them and says, either I come with you or I tell the warden about your plan. So, well, that's what they're doing now, I guess, then. But Sokka says, all we have to do is get inside one of the coolers so we can prep it. And he holds out a wrench. And uh, Chit Sang says, oh, I know. I can get you into the coolers. 
So they break out this fake fight, which is great. Chitsang and Zuko's mopping and bumps into him. And they have this sort of standoff and grab each other's fists. And they're looking around, making sure people are watching Says, and looking at each who, other. Who did you think you're hitting? I think what you mean to say is whom right. do you mean to hit? <laughs> so stupid. Like, that's the argument. Yeah. Um, and I like as they're sort of struggling with each other, there's sort of a jagged frame rate. Like they let some frames, they, they keep some frames they out to make them go ho, ho, like really quickly to get this sort of jagged struggle, this muscle tension, mm-hmm. which I really like just a little detail. But then uh, they break out the fire bending. Uh, Chit Sang threatens him and Zuko very clearly, very choreographed sends a fire blast at his feet and immediately is taken away to one of the coolers. And I love the way the crowd disperses and the shot of Sokka in the foreground and Suki in the sort of middle ground and uh, Chitsang in the background. And they all sort of like look over towards where the others are and then disperse. I just love the the design of that frame. Shot. So then we cut over a little bit into the future of Sokka coming to the cooler where Zuko's been hidden. And I just love this shot of the the cell opening, Zuko giving his little fire breath inside this cooler and it lighting up his face. And he reveals his, you know, how would you describe that? The like the, flipped up bottom of your shirt? Many. Bowl? Yeah, like you, everyone has that. Everyone's, everyone's done, done that. that at some We've point. all put things in our shirt. Everyone's been at a sleepover and they don't have enough bowls and they make a big bowl of popcorn and you got to bring some popcorn over to your chair. Oh, that's a specific And one. you lift your you lift your shirt up and put some popcorn in there. But it's full of screws, so clearly he has dislodged this enough. Okay, here's where I'm going to come in with a cool fun fact I read in the trivia. Um, I think it was in the commentary of this episode, the creators said that the idea behind this cooler... Um, like the like the lore that we don't know mm. is it not only makes it hard for you to bend, it's so cold and does so much damage to your chi that it takes away oh. your fire bending for a week. Oh, wow. so the fact that Zuko is not only able to continue using his breath of fire, but he's able to fire bend after this. Wow, means yeah. that he is an extraordinarily powerful firebender and wow. doesn't even fully realize it. Yeah. And that trivia fact made me think of something. I've always wondered, why is Zuko like the only one who does a breath of fire? Why didn't Chit Sang do it? Why didn't other people do it when they're in the cooler? And then I thought, that's something that Iroh taught him. And then I thought, Iroh learned that as like a dragon move. Wow. Dragons breathe fire. I bet Iroh learned that as one of the natural ways to bend fire. And taught that to Zuko, and Zuko never even realized he was learning some, like, very, very special technique. <laughs> oh, shit. You're so right. Come on, right? Yeah, that's, that's so, so cool dope. to think about. That's so dope. I love that. Uh, as they're talking out the plan and getting ready in, in this cell, they hear some other guards going by. And they overhear a conversation saying there's a new shipment of prisoners coming in. Uh, and there's a bunch of different... You know, there's some of this, some of that, some war prisoners, and uh, that really strikes Sokka. He looks over and he's like, that could be my dad. And they question, like, do we risk our freedom to be able just to see if this is your dad? And they're talking this out and Zuko just says, it's your call, Sokka. 
And I love that he's just deferring Me to too. him and he's like, I will go along, yeah. but it's your call. You're going to need to make the decision here because I don't have stakes as much as you do. I'm just along to help you out. Uh, they don't resolve that right away. They cut away to Sokka and Zuko rolling this cooler down uh, the hill by the bank. And this guy, Chit Sang, is, this is my girl and my best butt. They're coming too. It's like, all right, what the fuck ever, man? Like, come on. And that's so, like, I almost expected it. You yeah, know right. Mean? Yeah, totally. Of course he did that. Uh, I love Sokka has hidden his stuff, his uh, water tribe outfit and his sword, like, behind a rock. So that means that they snuck in naked. <laughs> oh, that's very true. I didn't even recognize that. That's so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> he snuck in in his underwear for sure. Oh, my God. That's really funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I guess that's what that means. Um, but Sokka contemplates, is it better to just cut our losses? We kind of did that at the day of Black Sun, and it didn't work out for us but i don't want to fail again and zuko says listen it's this is worth it it's worth it to see if it's your dad and you might fail and you're going to fail a lot and zuko or Sokka's just like not helping not helping very much but zuko's like no you're not hearing me like you will fail again and again and that's part of the process you have to still keep trying every time it's important and that gets to Sokka, and he says you know what and i'm saying is a total Iroh. Oh. He embodies Iroh in that moment because he's not trying to. Yes. Yes. Totally. I think that's maybe one of the first full moments where it's like he's really. You see how much Iroh has bestowed on him without Zuko actively going, what would Iroh do? But also, you know, that's on his mind a lot. So maybe he was thinking that in this circumstance, you know? Ah, it's just beautiful. They're relationship Zuko and Iroh and the way you see it affected not just in the way they directly communicate with each other but anyway Sokka says he's staying Suki's like I'm not leaving without you come on and Zuko's like obviously I'm staying too and so <laughs> these other three <laughs> Chit Sang's like well we're dipping, well, we're, dipping. <laughs> we're we're out of here and as they watch them go Sokka just says I hope we haven't just made a huge mistake and yeah man that would suck um, we cut over to Chit Sang and his girl and best bud, uh, just <laughs> yeah, floating that's... along and it's clearly getting really, really hot. hot in this cooler because it's insulated and the cooling aspect is not like the cooling technology is not being used. So it's just getting hotter and hotter and they're just sweating inside this thing, which clearly makes them more irrational which, I mean, not that Chit Sang was the most intelligent dude from what we've understood from him of this episode. But this is just another level. But it's like, just like, you were not thinking this through at ask. all. He's like, this current is so slow. We need to make it go faster. I'm going to tear off a panel in order to make it go hotter. I'm going to reach out to the outside of this thing that is in the boiling hot water. And uh, so he tries to tear this panel off and a splash goes on his hand. And just like we saw earlier... It's boiling hot, and it really hurts, and he gets a big splash. And so we see this very anime, you know, low-angle, dramatic you know shot. I love he turns about red. This too? What? The shot is great, and it leads you to just assume we're going to get a high-pitched, oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just, oh! <laughs> yeah, it's like, 
it's just like a man scream you know what i mean yeah um so the warden i mean all the guards notice this because it's very loud it echoes throughout the the volcano top yeah right it's a skyrim show and i love the warden telling one of the guards like go get them and throw them all in a cooler and the guards like well but but they are in a cooler one that is functional in our prison and he just flips out on them and i i forget exactly what he says but mostly i just remember they they are in a cooler um and this is the other moment i was referring to earlier that i was like yeah kind of a like a that that worked out pretty well yeah why is that a thing why do they just have these harpoon guns yeah were they just ready for this exact thing to happen yeah because probably that, actually what that makes in sense what to me. other situation would you need one you know what i mean Some so of... it must just be like the only thing i could think of happening for these prisoners to escape is somehow they make a boat out of something right. we gotta get harpoon guns <laughs> yeah because like they're not uh trebuchets you know to keep people out yeah because like if someone were trying to get in and you shot you're them just... with a harpoon gun <laughs> right now you're just pulling them pulling, in yeah, you know what i mean true so I don't know. I get what you're I, saying, but it, yeah. it makes for some fantastic sound design oh, and a really yeah. nice shot, oh, yeah. and it's just a cool concept that they like for sure. Oh, there they are, bring them back in. <laughs> yep, come back, You're coming right back. You yep. can't get out of here, and it kind of makes you think like, is this guy the kind of guy that would just harpoon like a human like, oh, to get them sure. back without <laughs> even caring about their life? So maybe that's part of it too. Yeah. Well, then this uh, mini gang, Suki, Zuko, Saka, are tiptoeing along an edge to try and get back to uh, a safe entrance. And they see the gondolas moving. This must be the new shipment of prisoners. And the moment is here. It's time to find out whether or not we just made a huge mistake or not. And the gondola comes into the station. People start getting off. Is that your dad? This guy. My dad doesn't have a nose ring or an earring or something. It's just like the most, that's not Sokka's dad, (laughs) of any of the people that walked off. Yeah. Uh, But I, I, you know what? Now that we're talking about that moment, I really like it because it's, that's like such an interesting concept that you don't think about. But like when you know someone for so long or even just a short period of time, you don't know what their parents look like. Yeah, that's true. It's just kind of interesting. Like, that's what Zuko saw. He saw like a warrior in Sokka and probably sees this big ass like, <laughs> dude with a nose ring come off. And he's like, right. I could see that guy raising Sokka. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Kind of interesting. That's like, true. I wonder what made him think that. Sometimes you meet people's parents and they sometimes it's like, oh, wow, that is older you. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But they see these prisoners go off one by one. None of them look anything like Sokka's dad. And then it seems like the last one gets off and no one else comes. And they try and reassure Sokka, listen, we had to risk it. This was a risk we had to take. And Sokka just says, where is he? Is that it? And then we hear a guard. Hey, you, get off the gondola. And then Hakoda steps foot outside, and it's him. He's there, and it's so oh, satisfying. Oh man, the camera! Because we get those the feet first yep. from behind, shoes step out, and you're like, okay, 
I think I already know just based on that walk, yep. but that's that's not and the, the guard. music that's and some everything. Prisoner shoes and but yeah. yeah, but then as we get up, we see the braids, we yep. see the face, and just like the way he looks. Yeah, and then we get Sokka's reaction. And I I love also just to address like the dramatic uh, mechanism that they're using here to like have him stay behind and think. It makes sense that Hakoda would be like. No, fuck you. I'm not just going to get off right when you tell me. You know, I'm going to sit right here. And they have to be, you know, it makes sense within his Absolutely. character that he would do something like that. So it's not just out of nowhere for dramatic effect. I mean, clearly it's mostly for that because we've got a cliffhanger here. But And then, yeah, like you said, Sokka's face. The most, like, emphasized or, like, over-exaggerated dolly zoom that I've ever seen in anything. Like... The entire background, like Suki's right behind him and her head just like shrinks into a fuzzy little thing in the background as his face just fills the frame. Dad, fade out. Boom. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm glad that we only did this episode and we're making y'all wait for Uh, episode two. Yeah. And also it would be like two and a half hours long. So, you know. Yeah, because no. this, is, this is a good one. You can't good just one. skip over anything. No, you got to really talk about happy all the we didn't. details. You know you wanted all the little details, but I know what else you want. I know what it is that you crave. Kid moment of the week! Kid moment of the week! All the kids got scared away from that, but <laughs> at least someone's around to tell them about it. Well, we're here to talk uh, about what kids like, not to have kids listen, I guess, because we swear a lot. But, uh, yeah, what you got? So, I've got a couple. Obviously, the most quoted line in Avatar history. Yeah. My first girlfriend tuned into a moon. That's rough, buddy. But, is that funny to a kid? I mean... I think it was funny to me as a kid. funny, but... I mean, is it a yes. kid moment? <laughs> I, uh, it's just too funny to not give it, right? Yeah, like, isn't it just too funny? I feel like, like it. What, what else do you have marked, though? Let's just I, talk I also had just the sequence before that of the... you say something? Oh, no? yeah. No? Yeah. And then uh, I had the only thing we're hatching is eggs. <laughs> yeah. That's Because that funny. definitely is funny to a kid. Yeah. That's true. Um, I do like... They are in a cooler. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, too. And then I pointed out earlier in the episode, I like uh, Ang being like, oh, why am I the only one who has homework? Like, that's <laughs> that's a pretty kid Classic moment kid moment, moment, right? And seeing him actually do it. Like, when the frog croaks, he actually does it. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> right, squat, yeah. Two hot squat. Like, you didn't and actually have to do it. You know? One hot squat. Two hot squat. Maybe that's funnier to me, should, but I don't know. I think we should give it there because Sokka, honestly, he if if this were a game where we dished out like uh, cards to everyone who won a kid moment of the <laughs> yeah. week, Sokka's got a whole deck right now. Well, here's and the I thing, I don't think though. Aang has more than a couple cards. Aang's definitely got a couple, though. How many does Zuko have? True, and his line of, that's, that's rough, rough, buddy, buddy. That's is what's funny. what's funny about that. Oh, man. I mean we get it's the only like praise honorable mention award whatever we give out on this show i'm kind of like are we even able to not give it to that's rough buddy you're right you're right it's it's like 
it's very similar to the show. Are you, can you even have Hakoda not come off the gondola? <laughs> right. Like right. you had to. We kind of yeah. just we just kind of have to. We're we're in the cooler here, guys. We have nowhere else to go. If you disagree with us, though, because I think Ooh. we are going to give it to that's rough, buddy. If you disagree I, with us, please let us know if we need to retroactively change this kid moment and you think the the homework line's better. I mean, probably people are going to say that they agree with that's rough, buddy. But if if you do have something to say, let me know where you can reach out to us. Or uh, let me let you know. I will let you know where you can reach out to us. And that is on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at New Lens Pod. You can please give us a like or a follow. We really appreciate that if you listen to this and you enjoy it. And, you know, please tell your friends if you like the show. Uh, that means a lot to us if you ever mention it. And I've actually had a couple people recently reaching out saying that they've newly been listening to the show. And we appreciate you oh, awesome. so much. And if you feel like anyone would be interested, please just let them know because that helps us so much. And it makes us feel so good uh, in uh, what we're doing. But you know what? If you're looking for a different kind of thing that we're doing, and I guess I'm just sort of sticking with like just a mild case of Eastern Coast accent here for the rest of uh, our out- <laughs> outro stuff. I'm just going to have, have a flavor of it. But if you are looking for something else that uh, you want to listen to by us, you can check out our actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Legendary 4 Adventures. Space Vampires. Oh, Maybe I'll put some effect on that too. That was uh, that was a spicy take, a spicy meet the ball. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you again to Sophina Sago for our podcast art. Uh, please check out the list of ways you can help support the Black Lives Matter movement in the description because that's ultimately extremely important now and forever. Uh, and thank you all genuinely from the bottom of my heart for listening to our podcast. I am Calvin. And I am Gary. This has been a new lens. One hot squat, two hot squat, three hot squat, four hot squat, five hot squat, six hot squat, seven hot squat, eight squat.